Live from Cool Boys Central. Hold your dicks and rub your tits. You'll be ice cold. Here come the cool boys. Just a young boy. So cool. So cool. So cool. I see cool boys. What do you got there, Felk? What you pouring? I'm pouring Jack Daniels and mixing it with Coke, which is a drink mentioned in Kingsman, the golden compass or circle. What? Golden Compass is a different movie that no one saw. Um, I saw it, and yeah, it literally it the Golden Compass ends with uh, with literally like Daniel Craig's character with two children going like, "We're gonna have so many adventures." See you next <laughs> movie book. <laughs> and then nothing. My wife's read all the books. Um, I think it's like uh, the Subtle Knife or something like that, and some and I forget what the other one is. She said they're really good. They're great allegories about the Catholic Church being like terrible. I think being being bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's, there are so many first uh, movies made in seven book series, like The Bridge to Terabithia. Can't wait to yes. see the next one. Nope. Mr. Sunday did um, a whole episode where he talked just about failed franchises after the first film. It was pretty funny. And speaking of failed franchises after the first film, my drink is going to just be a coffee with some rum in it. Hmm. Rum and coffee, huh? Not Irish uh, liqueur or, or scotch or something like that? Fuck, man. I have actually Irish whiskey. It would have been so much smarter to use Irish whiskey for this. I actually like I like rum and coffee. Okay. I like a little a little rum in the coffee. Just a little bit. Here's That's me. That's me. You hear that? That's me. Just stirring it up. Stir it up. Greetings, Cool Boy Nation, and welcome to a special installment of the Cool Boys podcast. Cool boys. I'm Felk. I'm Ballard. And I'm Nolan, and I've got five minutes, so I leave. I can't, <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I, can't, I can't do a Nolan. I can't do a Nolan impression. His impersonation of me is just, uh, I'm Felk, uh, you know, so. I think, does, isn't Nolan's impression this, um, something like, um, Hey guys, I'm Nolan. What's going on? We'll never listen to this episode, so we can say whatever <laughs> we want. This episode, we will be discussing the Kingsman franchise. So we will forgo our cool boy updates and get right into Kingsman, the Golden Circle. Or it could have been the Golden Shower. Spoilers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert for both Kingsman movies and any other movies we probably will mention. Uh, Probably James Bond related, I would imagine. Yes. Maybe Jason Bourne, not so much, maybe. Possibly X-Men First Class. Possibly Kick-Ass. Yeah. Maybe even Kick-Ass. Nicolas Cage dies in Kick-Ass. Aw, that's a really fucked up spoiler. <laughs> Too bad, you didn't watch it. It came out in 2009. Big Daddy! Big Daddy! Run, Angel! Um, all right. I saw that with well, you, Corey, and Dorn, I believe. I love Kick-Ass. That's a great film. Only watched it that one time. Well... Let's just get into it. It's time for spoilers. So juicy. So Kingsman, the Golden Circle. I don't think we can go into that at all without having to start with the first film. Kingsman, the Secret Service. And I would like to just quickly give my cool boy rating of Kingsman, the Secret Service. Five out of five cool boys. Oh, wow. I would give it four. I would give it four. I love the Secret Service. I felt like it was um, 
Matthew Vaughn being able to do kick ass again, but he's kind of, he's playing with this universe a little bit more. You can tell he's having more fun with this universe and he has the back catalog of layer cake and stardust and, um, kick ass. And then even X-Men the first class to be able to kind of give him this opportunity to go like, let's just do a fucking hard R again. Cause I think this is the film coming off of first class. Wasn't it? Kingsman, the secret service. Yeah. And he did. He was, it was hard R. I mean, the movie ends on an anal joke. Yeah, I was, uh, I, I feel like that's almost an optical illusion. Like you kind of sort of see your asshole. You kind of see your pussy lips, but you don't quite. Oh, no, you definitely. Okay, so I just rewatched Kings with the Secret Service. So did I. Yeah, I just watched it Sunday. And I'm technically kind of watching it right now. You are. Thank you, Felk. Felk has it on Cool Boy Nation in the background, so I'm able to watch Kingsman, the Secret Service, while watching Felk enjoy his Jack and Coke. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I watched it uh, last night, and um, which was also Sunday night, and um, I was uh, definitely looking at that last scene, and uh, you can definitely see Pussy Lip. It's yeah, but you can't see asshole. That's the key. They shade the butthole, but you yeah. know what's about to happen. Yeah, you do. You do. Yeah. Um, I love I love the way Kingsman the Secret Service plays with Bond tropes. Yeah. Even using Bond musical cues. Very much so. The The score is definitely like faking the Bond theme. Did you know that a lot of people fucking, I mean, I guess, it, um, think that the ending ruins that movie and that the ending is totally tasteless and inappropriate and according to a Jezebel article, uh, is pro-rape. Well, the Secret Service. What? Kings of the Secret Service ends on pro rape. Yeah. She offers anal she, sex to okay, him because she's a prisoner, and because he's the guy who's freeing her. Basically, any offer that it's the same thing. Like a, a female prisoner can't like consensually fuck a guard because no female prisoner can consent because they're captive. Uh, that was Jezebel's argument that that it was that's rape. Because he, her saying, if you free me, actually, she says, if you save the world, you can fuck me up the ass. Uh, yes. He 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 makes a joke. If I free you, will you give me a kiss? And then she says, you know, if you save the world, you can, you can have that. You have sex in asshole. She has like a, she has really poor English in the first one. And the second one, she speaks English fine. Um, but uh, yeah, though, there's there's plenty of people who uh, think that that movie is advocating rape with its ending and that the ending is totally uh, inappropriate and uh Ruins the movie, and those people are women. Worse than that. <laughs> worse. What's worse gonna, than women? <laughs> I was gonna say a word that begins with a C and ends with an unce, and is pretty much uh, a word that I could use to describe most people. No, I wouldn't say re re most readers of Jezebel, but pe pe most people who agree with Jezebel's articles, like that one. Well, Felk, you know what? Maybe. You can tell me on Tuesday, so maybe I'll see you next Tuesday. Is that a reference to the, the Stanley Cooper thing? See, no, no. See you next Tuesday. Oh, cunt. Yep, <laughs> there okay. it is. Yeah, we we don't we, we we're marked as a split as a, as explicit. We can say words. We can use the English language in England. Where some of our listeners are. Hi, Cool Boy Nation in England. Yeah, cunt's not as big of a deal there. They say it all the time. Yeah, cunt. Women, women say it like all the time. And yeah. men say it all the time about anything and everything. A bottle of Coca-Cola for not opening could be a cunt <laughs> for all they care. Yeah. So Cool Boy Nation in England, we love your words. We're using a lot of them. <laughs> 
We are. When we speak I thought English. the Secret Service was, um, was, was, was very well handled. Um, I love the way they play with even the cameos with, like, Mark Hamill. Um, I like uh, how, like, even, like, Taron Egerton is, like, a nobody in that film, yet you feel like you've been, like, watching this kid for a long time. I, I just, like, he's very uh, personable. Uh, he definitely has great charisma. And he does a lot of his own parkour stunts, it looks like, even in Kingsman The Secret Service. Or they face-mapped him. I think some of that's him because I think they probably just, you know, insurance probably doesn't give a fuck about a nobody. You know, and they're like, yeah, sure. <laughs> Let him do it. It's what? It's an apartment? He's just jumping down a couple apartment patios? Okay. You know how that works? The, the ins- so when you cast somebody who's not already famous, but them obviously to, you know, reshoot would once you, once you started shooting, the, sh- the insurance actually, I believe, goes up for what it pays out for how much you shot with that person. So if you so, start shooting 5% of your movie with some nobody and they die, it pays out a smaller amount than if you shot 95% of your movie with him and then he dies, then it pays out way more. So do all that parkour stuff at the beginning. Yeah, exactly. Maybe they just maybe that's maybe that's what they did. Probably. Matthew Vaughn is 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 kind of known for um, being very fast shooter. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons why he was able to pull off X-Men the first class in an incredible amount of time. Uh, that movie was like shot on like fucking rocket skates. I mean, they were doing even the CGI was being done. Um, they would send back scenes to ILM and have them like start working digitally on the scenes like the day they shot the sequences. Well, anyways, back to Kingsman. So um, I really like the Secret Service. I love I, I, one of my favorite things about the Secret Service before we move on to the Golden Circle is the, Which isn't as good. <laughs> the, yeah. The actor who played Lancelot, I love how he does that first sequence where he comes in. He says, you know, essentially like asking for sugar wouldn't really suffice in this situation. And then he just starts killing everybody really cool and like then poses like a fucking Bond poster at the very end. And then he like sees, the, you know, the whiskey and he goes for the whiskey and shoots the fucking dude. And the yeah. egg gets the whiskey, starts drinking it, whatever. Just... Brilliant. Oh, that scene's about to come up, isn't it? Or no, did no, it already no, happen? We're well, well past that. Oh, we're well past that. That's okay. like the first scene in the movie. It's like the first scene, I think, after the credits. Yeah. It's yeah. the uh, Argentinian, like, um, like Alps or whatever the fuck. Um, yeah. I, anyways, I thought that, like, that, that actor, like, just totally embodied the role of Bond and, like, all Bond-like, like, mo- like knockoffs, I felt like. I, I don't know that actor's name, unfortunately. And that actor, of course, was Jack Davenport, and he was just so fucking awesome as Lancelot. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, really, other than that, and, you know, I mean, it's, it's been talked to death, I'm sure, Kingsman, the Secret Service. Um, but uh, I really liked the way Sophia Butella played that uh, character, Gazelle. Um, I really liked her sexiness. Gazelle, and right? Gazelle? Yeah, Gazelle. like the animal? Yeah, like the animal, yeah. No, yeah, not Giselle or anything, yeah. And then um, I liked Michael Caine's twist, of course, in the end as being, you know, the like the, the, the mole. Um, that, that was great. Of course, Mark Strong was fantastic as Merlin. We can get into him more in Golden Circle. Um, Samuel Jackson's lisp, I never got into, though. I just couldn't get past the lisp. I, I'm, it, it was a good lisp. I just, I don't know. It felt like, oh, let's try some acting today, Sammy. You know, and then, like, he's like, I'll do something different with this character. And just didn't work for me. It didn't play right. That was an affectation he just he he came up with during like the auditions or, or rehearsals or whatever. So that, and, so I'm right. Okay, was like, cool with it. Oh, he just well, I guess if Samuel Jackson kind of tells you what he wants to do, you're just gonna be like, okay. Uh, yeah. Matthew Vaughn's a big producer director, but I mean, I guess no one's that big. 
to tell Sammy what. And I would say the only um, the only additional thing about the Kingsman, which of course we can lead into Kingsman: The Golden Circle, is Colin Firth is a fucking badass as a spy. He uh, definitely plays against type. In Secret Service, I remember uh, reviews saying, like, move over, Liam Neeson. Colin Firth's a new action star. And he's great. He is great. I think a lot of it is face mapping, um, especially in, like, the church. For Colin sequence. Firth? Yeah, definitely. On Colin Firth, yeah. Um, he's old. But uh, he is good. Uh, and, and there's a lot of speeding up of stuff, actually, with Colin Firth's uh, action sequences. Oh, clearly. Yeah, no. It is a very distinct way of shooting where, it, like kind of attaches the camera to things that are being swung around. It, it feels aggressive at, at its, its filmmaking. And uh, it was done just enough in the first one. It was done too much in the second Yeah, maybe one. a little too much. Um, but I do like how Matthew Vaughn plays with um, uh, plot types, too, with killing Colin Firth in Kingsman The Secret Service, quote-unquote. Yeah. Should we move on to what our cool boy ratings are for Golden Turtle? So, yeah, I guess, yeah. So why don't we, because uh, Colin Firth, quote-unquote, dies in uh, the Secret Service, let's definitely move on to Golden Circle and find out what that quote-unquote means. Of course, spoiler alert, you've seen the movie, he lives. Um, you've seen the trailer. I mean, they they, they kind of needed... Did they spoil it in the trailer? Oh, yeah, they spoil it, they spoil it in the trailer, they spoil it in the poster. They uh they, they want did? you to they know. They spoil it in the poster for they this They spoil one? it in the poster, yeah. He's on the, he's on the cover with the fucking eye, the one glass is uh, blacked out. I remember a poster that looked like it was like teasing his return, and that's about it. I kind of stayed away from um, uh, this the, any any promotional stuff for this film. It just I didn't need it. I wasn't like addicted like to Marvel stuff or DC stuff or Star Wars stuff. I'm like I gotta know. I gotta know what everyone what's just what was released. Um, so I kind of appreciate that. Does Ray have a new haircut? Exactly. Yeah, she does, she or does. whatever. I think uh, Red Letter Media made a joke about it. Like she got, has one less ponytail. I got. I got to grab something. Okay. What is Felt grabbing? Dick, cock. Oh, I'm looking up the poster right now. Yeah, he's like just standing to the left of Exy, and he's got yeah, he's got the eye patch on. So yeah, it's totally just spoiled right there. Okay, well not much of a spoiler, I guess. Anyways, um, well let's move on to the Golden Circle. So Kingsman, the Golden Circle, Kingsman Two, the Golden Circle. Yeah. Um, I give it uh, four out of five. Cool boys. Wow. I could go as like, I guess we do decimals, right? I give it two. I would give it three point five. I guess out of five. I give it two. Um, maybe I'll round it up to 2.5, but, uh, yeah, just cause for it me, it's work. not a four, but it's not a three. Yeah. Well, I don't really want to get too negative, uh, right off the bat. Cause I don't think that's where my negatives, uh, lie within the film, but I guess Felk, why don't you explain your two real quick? No, no. If the reason for my two is, is kind of tied to the overall, um, it just didn't work this time. I, I kind of felt like the villain didn't have a plan that was made sense. The movie didn't seem to. Ha so a lot of criticism for the first one was that it had a uh, conservative, not U.S. conservative, but British Tory conservative bent to it. This one's uh, it had a like like joking, like like blowing up a bomba's head and stuff like things that, like you wouldn't expect a movie to do. I never really saw that. I kind of saw the movie as relatively apolitical. Uh, this one, 
it got a little more into it dealing with like the war on drugs. The plot is that the villain is a drug dealer who is holding the world ransom to legalize all drugs. And the movie can't seem to really make up its mind about whether or not that's good or bad. Okay. Well, so that does get into later when we talk about the villains. Yeah. Um, and the, and kind of the, yeah, the, the plot of the film. So, well, that, I mean, I, I definitely see your criticism for sure. Um, I wouldn't say that's where my criticisms lie. We'll get into those also later, but if I touch upon it, what really knocked it down for me from a five to a four or sorry, from a five to, um, well, I, I, I guess every movie for me starts at a five boy essentially. Uh, and then I just kind of tick away. Um, what made it a 3.5 for me um, was really the pacing um, in between acts two and three. Um, yeah. The movie started to really feel like a two and a half hour film. It's like two hours and what, 20 minutes or 20, 21 yeah. minutes? Is there, like there post credits? I, I, I skipped that. I, I didn't stay around, honestly. Uh, so I just, I just finished the movie uh, about an hour ago. Yeah. And Felk, you finished the movie about what, like four hours ago? Yeah, just about. So yeah, so less. I mean, we're fresh. We're pretty fresh in uh, in our heads right now. Uh, just going through the the motions of the film. Um, I love Matthew Vaughn. I I love everything he's done. I like. I think Stardust is probably his weakest film. I haven't seen. Um, that. It's the only one I haven't seen. It's his probably his weakest film, but at the same time, it's very uh, Princess Bridey. Uh, Mark Strong is great in it. Um, a lot of that characters are great in it. Uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, Homeland Girl, Kate something. Kate, my so-called life, or whatever her name is, uh, she's great in it. Um, Wait, but what movie? Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The, the chick from T three. Uh, what's her name? Claire Danes. Claire Danes. Yeah. Claire Danes. Kate. Why was like uh, whatever. Um, she's she's great in it. As she the plays star. Kate in T three. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, okay. she plays Kate. Connor. Um, and then uh, who else? Um, De Niro's okay in it. Catherine uh, Brewster. Mar- Mark Strong's great in it, and the uh, lead in it is pretty good. I can't remember who the lead is. It's like some random guy today. If you looked at it, you'd be like, "Isn't oh, the lead the- Daredevil? Isn't the lead new Daredevil?" Oh yeah, I think it is Charlie, Charlie Cox. Cox. Yeah, yeah, Charlie Cox is the lead. That's right. And Sienna Miller is like his love interest, but not his love interest. It's just the whole thing, whatever. Um, but that, like I said, that's his weakest film. Um, but uh, for me, I thought just the, the pacing was really kind of just a little off for uh, Kingsman. I'll, I'll get into that more because I don't want to get into too much of that just yet. But um, Kind of starting off the movie, the movie does jump right into it. So, um, the Kingsman, let's just go over who the Kingsman were in this film, at least. There's Taron Egerton. He played Eggsy again as Galahad. And then Mark Strong was Merlin. And Michael Gambon was Arthur this time. And then Roxy was Lancelot. Oh my God, dude. Roxy is so fucking hot. Yeah, she's uh, she's on the screen right now on the right. Um, yeah, she's, oh. she is hot. She is. Uh... She's so fucking hot. She doesn't have much to do in the first one, and she has way less to do in this one. Uh, yeah, well, because they quote unquote kill her off. Now, I don't think she's actually dead. I think that's a character they saved for the next movie. They seem to be establishing that death means nothing because the villains brought back after having his head explode in the first one. The guy who fails to join the Kingsman, who I guess his head explodes off screen. So they figured out, oh, we can just say his head didn't explode and he's still alive. Uh they killed off. So one of the things is that if, if they knew they were going to do a franchise, they never would have killed off. Um, uh, God, why am I blanking out his name? Uh, Colin Firth. Colin Firth. And because they did that, they, you know, let's just figure out a way to bring them back into this movie. But 
spoilers, they kill off Mark Strong and they possibly kill off Roxy in this one. Both the characters people really like. So it's like, were you trying to make good on the fact that you're bringing back people that you probably shouldn't have killed off in the first one? Um, they, yeah, I don't know why they killed off Mark Strong in it. Now, I, I, Roxy, you see her jump essentially out of frame which is the classic Hollywood way to be like, maybe the character's alive. She, she, yeah. she jumps off her bed and then it cuts yeah. to the exterior of the entire building exploding. But she's, she's, a, she's, a, she's Lancelot, right? She could figure out a way to get out of that building. It's, a, it's an uncharted mission you've played a million times. Right? I thought, I thought I was waiting for her to pop in. I was waiting for her to pop back. Yeah, in me too. Like, I'm still alive. I was hoping during the, um, uh, the fight sequence at the end at the headquarters, the villain's headquarters in like Cambodia. Yeah. I thought she was going to show up then yep. um, at some point uh, and like be like, I'm still alive and I'm Roxy and I'm so fucking hot. Um, but I liked how Michael Gambon was Arthur. That was Michael dumb Gambon. too. Okay, so killing uh, killing off Michael Caine, having him reveal, reveal to be bad in the first one and then they kill him off. I was yep. like... Uh, he's Michael Caine. Don't you want to keep him? So this one, oh, it's my, it's Michael Gambon is now like the new guy. He's cool. You know, he was, he was Harry Potter wizard. Guy. He was in layer cake. Yeah. So it's like, okay. So he, so they brought back, they got an actor cool enough to replace Michael. Oh, and he's dead. He's dead too. Yeah. And they, they blew him up there. Now that has, he was clearly blown away. Yeah. And Mark strong, when he steps off the landmine, he's clearly killed as well. Pretty sure. I do have to say though, for me, then, like, wh who we're left with, at least from the start of the film, is just Eggsy, right? And, like, this this guy, it's like, it's like he, Taron Egerton is great as Eggsy. Taron who? Like, like. Yeah, what else has he been in? What else has he been in? I know I've seen him as a gay somebody in the background of some other movie. I think it was Legend with um, Tom Hardy. I think he was Tom Hardy's, one of Tom Hardy's gay friends, one of the oh, twins' really? gay boyfriend. He looks, um, he looks like 10 years older in this movie. It's really weird. It is. And, and the movie does like acknowledge that years have gone by. No, it's, like, just, he's it's been, one year later. It's one year later. Is it one year later? It's one year. Yeah. No, they, oh, mate, okay. Well, then they do make reference that he's had a lot of missions since. When then. they do the flashback to the Westboro Baptist Church thing, it says one year Oh, that's year right. It's one year earlier. Yeah. That's right. Wait. So then that would... That kind of fucks with all the uh, all the technology in the movie, right? Yeah, it's kind of it shouldn't be. Well, I guess they can say it's advanced because it's spy stuff. Even though in the last film they said that all the Wi-Fi and iPad -y and iPhone stuff is finally uh, caught up. See, with I like that line where he's like, "What?" He points to like cell phones and like, "What's what's new with them?" And it's it, he's like, "Nothing." That technology is caught up to the spy world. And I look at my iPhone at seven, and I'm like, "Neat." So yeah, whatever. Roxy's not. I don't think Roxy's dead. But I love that at least Eggsy is dating the Swedish princess that he anally raped, quote unquote. Thank you, Jezebel. Yeah. So I guess that's their way of even. That's their way of retconning that it wasn't just a one-time rape of of a woman in 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 peril. That oh no, it actually was a sort of a happy relationship, and they get married at the end of this one. I kind of felt like that was unnecessary. Uh, I get why they did it because yeah, okay. I, I, I did not realize how, until this movie was coming out how much backlash there was from specifically specifically. I writers. never heard any of this shit. Yeah, no, it was it was it was. I mean, did you read any reviews for for this movie? Because uh, no. every single one uh, that I've read from like a salon or a Vox or a Jezebel or whatever uh, or AV Club has to fucking complain about blowing up Obama in the first one and the anal rape at the end of it, which they are 
pretty much unanimous. Not okay. I mean, and, and obviously because they're calling it rape, not okay. It's not rape. It's it's totally consensual. It's totally it, whimsical and fun. So do you think that he would have been dating the Swedish princess in the Golden Circle no. had he not uh, had the film, the previous film, not encountered so much cons- uh, no. Uh, uh, controversy? No way. It would have been a James Vaughn thing where it's a different girl this time. I kind of liked it that he was dating her. Um and, uh, and, you know, and that she even, like, essentially kind of offered the anal sex again if he were to uh, uh, save the world. That actress looks Which, way older than they're playing her to be, too. It's weird. It is a little weird. Well, see, the thing is, in the first film, I didn't think of her as too old for the for the role she was playing. Because I thought, oh, that's just the princess. That, yeah. that's, she's like a 35-year-old princess. Exactly. But this one in implies this, she's In like this film, something. they really aged her down to, like, 25. Yeah. She's, like, supposed to be 10 years younger in this movie. Yeah, that, was, weird. that was kind of weird. Um, did you notice that by uh, that Elton John essentially offers Colin Firth anal sex? Yes. He says, if you save the world, you can get a backstage pass. Yes. <laughs> and he can, okay. he blows I love kiss. Elton John in this movie. One of my laugh out loud moments, my LOLs, um, was definitely Elton John cowering outside of the Poppy's Diner, looking like a fucking like little Cambodian monkey. Just sitting there, like his little knees all the way up to his chest, his little hands like next to his knees, just like kind of ha- having like this nervous breakdown. I thought Elton John was great in this movie. I loved Elton, except I didn't like the Elton music they picked. Uh, it was Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting, briefly Rocket Man. I think that's it, right? And there's, I thought there was one more. I can't remember. There might be. The, I, I thought the bitch's back is going to come in there, but it never did. I don't think. I did like that Poppy wanted him to play um, other people's music. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, so essentially when the Kingsmen end up losing all the Kingsmen, they have to go and turn to the Statesmen. And yeah. they do that by going and drinking a bottle of uh, Statesman whiskey and they uncover the clue in the back of the bottle and they go to Kentucky and they go to the Statesman uh, distillery and they encounter the Statesman. The first Statesman they encounter is Agent Tequila and that, of course, is what's his name? Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum. Um, I like glor- Channing Tatum. I thought oh, he played a good uh, Kentuckian. It was a glorified. Well, he's from he, he's from Louisiana, I think. Uh, he I, I don't know. He's from the South somewhere. He, he he's a glorified cameo. Pretty they, much. They, they they make it look like he's like a, a major character in the movie. I'd say he's you know, has five minutes of screen time total. Yes, he is absolutely a glorified cameo. He is uh, he's a he, he's a plot point. It's a yeah, it's it's a bait and switch there. Um so a little bit. Uh, obviously if you can't tell by our accents, we are American and as an American, I, I was excited to see an American version of this shit and and see where something that was basically a play on the Roger Moore goofy campy James Bond stuff. Uh, how that would, you know, what what the American version of that would look like. And uh, they went really hard on the cowboy concept, which is weird because Kentucky's not really where cowboys are. Uh, no, that's, that, that's yeah. like New Mexico. Uh, well, this was a Wyoming. Brit making the movie. So, yeah, I was. think he's playing on the fact that people know that he's a British man making a movie. Well, Mark Miller's American, though, right? I don't know. I don't know. How no, much... Mark Miller's Scottish. Oh, really? Yeah, and I, I don't, and I don't know if Matthew Vaughn's Scottish or Welsh, or I think he's Welsh, um, but uh, I'm, not, I'm sure where he is from the UK. But I think Mark Miller is Scottish. He's got a problem keeping his dick in his pants. We and know I that think too. it's Millar or some shit like that too. I don't think it's Miller. Oh, it's Miller. No way. 
I'm not saying. No, I really do think it's pronounced like I'm Milar. I'm not saying Mark like Milar. <laughs> Mark Milar. Um, yeah. Uh, well, well, I like. Shouldn't, uh, shouldn't have uh, Channing Tatum been whiskey and the other guy, Pedro uh, Pascal, been tequila? I feel like that was a uh, way of not having like the Black Ranger be the black guy, the Yellow Ranger be the, the Asian girl. I don't know. Oh, maybe it was a direct reference to that, actually. Not to like Power Rangers, but maybe it was a direct reference to like, watch. We're going to purposefully give them the opposite just to, like, you know, not have all you fucking PC fucking, you know, queens on top of us. Um, oh, they're on it anyways. They hate this movie. Well, Ginger Ale, I uh, I liked Halle Berry, of course, being in it. But she was just it was like, you know, Halle Berry, no girls on display. So it's just like, Halle, what are you doing to me? No girls in display? Was that mean? Her titties. Her titties were just all buttoned up behind a, a blouse that was buttoned to her neck with a fucking bow tie on or some shit. Oh yeah, no, she she was uh, she was like the least yeah. sexy thing in the world. You don't bring in Holly Berry to be mousy. I mean, I don't find her that attractive. I know you do. I find uh, her so fucking hot and sexy, but you don't bring her in to be mousy. She's past her prime, though. No, 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 no. Holly is like still good. Salma is still good. You know, Rachel Vice is still good. Speaking of the mummy, yeah. Hint, hint. For next week or the next episode. Yeah, that'll be closer than that. Um, um, but uh, besides Ginger Ale, um, the next uh, statesman you meet is... Um, oh, and Ginger Ale, by the way, she's just a cool nation. Yeah, she's like Merlin, right? So she's just their Q. And she does a fine enough job as Q. I, I liked it. I, I, I thought I, I, I thought the... Uh, what is it? The gel pack thing they had was pretty cool to protect, you know, from the, um, the uh, head wounds. And I liked how she was able to respond to the Kentucky church attack... Because uh, they were only 11 minutes away. And I almost wonder, Felk, if that's the reason they chose Kentucky in the end to answer the plot point of being able to save Harry. Like, ha- had that scene, the church scene, taking place in a different location and not Kentucky, would they would they still had been in that, in Kentucky? Did they specify in the first one that that actually was in Kentucky? I, I, they do. I, they do? They actually, yeah, they did. It says Kentucky, yeah. I guess I guess that. I mean, Kentucky, bourbon, maybe it just kind of worked out. Um, you know, they, they could have... They could have set it a little bit further away, and it still would have. You could worked. have done Tennessee. Uh, yeah, because there's no time limit on on reviving people who have been shot in the head. That's they just made that crap up. That's that technology does not exist. Yeah, but it feels right when you like think it through. You're like, yeah, you better get on that head wound real fast. That dude's dead, right? Yeah. Like that's how you, as an audience member, you're just like, of course. Yeah, you want to um, get to it quickly. Um, and then champagne. I thought uh, was is the next uh, statesman we we met, and that's of course uh, Jeff Bridges. And I love how he's like, you know, I, I like champagne because you're like, okay, champagne is the boss. But then he's like, call me champ or whatever the fuck. And you're yeah. like, oh yeah, champ. There you go. That's the American equivalency right there, champ. Like he's the boss. His name's Champ. I love that. I was very then, underwhelmed by the statesman as a whole. Uh, the, the, all that stuff they didn't really get. They didn't really any, have anything to do with the plot. When we established that we were going to the United States. Um, and we were going to do the statesman. I thought we were going to be sitting there for a while. And like our whole second act was going to be like learning the statesman and essentially becoming like, you know, new recruits to the statesman and learning through their training and their recruiting process. I thought that's how the film was going to play out. Kind of similar to, uh, the first act of, uh, Kingsman secret service. That was not obviously what happened. Um, cause what ends up happening is you find out very quickly that uh, there's Agent Whiskey, who's Pedro Pascal. Yeah. And uh, and then they have also Harry. They have 
the original Galahad, they have Colin Firth. He's so, alive, missing an eye. There's a shot in the trailer that has, uh, it's from the end fight, uh, that I was able to decipher just from its trailer and go, are we supposed to know he's bad? Is he bad? Who, or who? am I misinterpreting uh, whiskey? Uh, Pedro Pascal. See, I don't know either. Okay, I didn't. I didn't see the shot in the trailer that you're talking about. It's, um, it's, hit, it's him the, like throwing the whip around uh, uh, Exy. So I was like, "What? Wait, oh. What the fuck?" Uh, so yeah, that was huh. uh, that was whoever made the trailer. Apparently, was like did not give me shit because I, I kind of knew that going in, and as soon as they implied it, I mean. Just the way the movie was made, I thought it was kind of like as soon as Colin Firth's like, I think he's working against us. It's like, oh, yeah, well, well what are they going to have it end up being that he's wrong? No, that's going to be the idea that he's he really is still there. He's still he's his brain's still working fine. So that was revealed so early on. And then they they drew it out to the very end. I did not like any of that. I, why couldn't they have given had a, a, a good statesman working with them the whole time? Give give us an Americans something something because we we need it right now. Well, for me watching the film, um, I I didn't I don't at least if I saw that trailer I didn't re- really pick up on any of that. I did see like a teaser for this movie. Um, I think that's about all I saw other than maybe the teaser poster as well. Uh, like I said, I didn't really watch this promotional stuff, but um, uh, I definitely thought from the pretty much the get-go Pedro Pascal was bad. And so then when Harry uh, catches on that Pedro's bad in the snow gunfight in the firefight in the snow, um, I was, I was like, okay, like I agree with him. Like I totally saw, I, I got that same vibe. I don't know if it was intentional or not that you're supposed to know or cause I got the vibe from that character early on. In fact, I kept thinking to myself, he's Pedro Pascal. He's playing a great American accent right now. The twist Not is, really. I thought he sounded very much like he was from Dorne. Yeah, no, see, here's how I look at it. He was doing a an American accent, quote unquote. You know, he was doing a real good American accent and yeah. not a, not an American accent, not like the kind of American accent that Christian Bale does where you're like, oh, that's right. You're British. I fucking forgot. It um, was a big dog. <laughs> or Idris Elba. When you like hear him a stringer bell, you're just you don't think he's British. Of course, when you hear him as British, then you're just like, of course, I don't see you as anything else now. No, I was implying it, that Christian Bale does not go, do a good American accent. I think Christian Bale does a good American accent. It's just, he, I think he has one of those voices. It was a big dog. Who's <laughs> <laughs> a dog? Huh? Who's a big dog? It was a big dog. <laughs> that's, that's more of what it was. It's, it's Dark Knight. Um, anyways. Um, you want me to trash your fucking lights? You want me to trash your lights? You want me to go fucking trash your lights? <laughs> Do you want me to fucking trash him? Then why are you trashing my scene? I have so much good audio of him just screaming at his uh, director of photography. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Is that, is, that, to... is that a thing? Did that happen? Did that leak? Oh, my God. Oh, you don't know about that? Oh, yeah. here's another great bite. Do I want? No. No. Don't shut me up. Am I going to walk around and rip your fucking lights down in the middle of a scene? Then why the fuck are you walking right through? Ah, uh, da 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 da, like this in the background. What the fuck is it with you? <laughs> I'm gonna throw so many bites in this. I want you um, off the fucking set, you prick. Kick your fucking ass! I want you off the fucking set, you prick! McGee, you got fucking something to say to this prick? I didn't see it happen. Well, somebody should be fucking watching and keeping an eye on him. McGee, what do you have to say about this? I we have to it. work together. He's like, like, come on, Christian. We, we don't pronounce our O's and R's like that. The, the fuck are you doing? 
I see. I, I, I again, once I, I will attribute that to just Christian Bale having a unique voice, and and therefore any accent will be interesting through him. What don't you fucking understand? I want to fucking kick your fucking ass. You know, Christian, shut up for a second, all right? But um, anyways, that all being said, Pedro Pascal. I thought the point in the end was he was going to drop his American accent, do his normal accent, his Spanish accent, and then you were. I didn't realize that Poppy's whole fucking headquarters was in Cambodia. I thought she was in like the Central America or some shit like that. Oh, so I, I, just, I, I didn't. I, I assumed it was. I've seen the movie and I assumed it was Central America. Yeah. So exactly. So Central America. So I thought Pedro Pascal's character was from Central America in the end, and he's going to be like, "Aha! See, I'm really Latin. Bing, bing, bow, bow. Latin American." And then he's going to be part of you know whatever the Latin American statesmen were called, whatever they, the fuck that would be called. They don't have one. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. Let's the, face. <laughs> let's face facts. No Latin American country it could would believably have uh, in addition to. Uh, the actual government organizations. Because that's a big point is that like these are private organizations. They're not they're, they're not government. They're just they're independent. They're independent, which calls into question whether or not they have the right to kill people. Uh, <laughs> they technically don't. You know, it's fucking fucked up. I, I didn't huh. know this, but like, all right, we all know what the CIA is, right? We all know who they are. Yeah. We all know. We all, everybody's heard of MI6. Uh, yeah. Everybody's heard of the KGB. We yeah. all know what like every major country's secret service is called not secret service you mean they're they're intelligence agencies There's, yeah they're clandestine agencies nobody knows what china's is even called wow like, like that like it's not that like the the language doesn't translate so like we don't know what to call it like no like the it's not even released crazy that's fucking china man so china's secret service are uh, are you know their their kingsman is going to be but you don't. You probably don't want to mess with them. They probably they probably torture people to death. I, that kind of you know that's interesting, folk. I, I, okay, what what if they did a Kingsman three? What would you see as being the the next country? I, I mean, I remember hearing online something along the lines of like people wanted to see China. Some people wanted. I think I saw on Screen Junkies like movie fights um, or something like that. But it was like I think it was like China was one, Canada was the other. Oh yeah, oh, Canada. I can't remember the third one. Someone had a third one. It was it was definitely China, Canada, and something else. And um, I don't want to see Canada. China would be interesting. Um, but yeah, I guess who what 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 other like interesting cultures out there would there be None. for like a Secret Service? There Have you really heard of isn't. World War Two? There's two countries that the good guys are from: America and Great Britain. Yeah, and we even had a little spat at one point. Yeah, you know. You want me to trash your lights? You want me to go fucking trash your lights? Great Britain is just America's origin story. It's 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 the prequels. It's not as good as the original trilogy. We're not we're not your colonies. You're our origin story. Oh, you hear that? There are cool boy nations in uh, the UK. So let us know if you want to keep listening. Yeah. <laughs> After that kind of a comment, go fuck yourself. I'm from two countries. I'm from Texas and the United States of America. Texas is the only state that was its own country. It was, and that, like, if you said this before, it has an actual Texas embassy in London, it does. in the yep. embassy area, and it's now a restaurant. But it was an actual embassy back when Texas was its own country. Um, well, yeah. So, anyways, um, Harry's return in the Statesman I thought was weak. Yeah. Um, I you thought know what it reminded me of was. Uh, 
uh, Tommy Lee Jones coming back in Men in Black 2, where he comes back and then he's not himself for 30 minutes. You know what? I thought the same thing, except I went one step further with my thought and thought, please, for the love of God, don't spend the next, like... 20 minutes or 30 minutes yeah. on on like Harry relearning being a Kingsman. I was happy that when he did figure it out, it was just a snap, like a switch. And it was just like on and off and he was Kingsman again. Essentially. They still pulled but, the like, is he functioning properly crap for like another 20? That's just the way Eggsy's character saw it. I didn't see it that way because I agreed with him that, that the fucking Agent Whiskey was bad. But well, for yeah, me, but the, the butterfly I stuff was stand, too much. Oh, the butterfly stuff's terrible. That's Matthew Vaughn being so Vaughn-y. But, um... But OMV, but um, I would, I would, I, I just, I cannot stand movies where we're in a sequel, you bring in back a character. I don't know how many times this has happened, countless, but I can't stand movies where you bring back a character in the sequel and then you just have them be Riri for fucking half hour or whatever yeah. it feels like. I just, it, it really pulls on your attention span. And I just don't think it's like, it's not entertaining. It's not gripping. I'm not, I'm not here to watch regarding Henry. You know no, what I mean? Yeah. God, like I'm not exactly here to watch fucking this. Does. Yeah. And I just, I, it was so lame watching Colin Firth play like this 16 year old version or 18 year old version of himself, all Riri and stuff. Ah, it was annoying. That was so that for me, that's when it immediately went from five to four. Yeah. Uh, right there. Like that was, that was a big part of it or maybe at least five to four and a half. But what knocked me down uh, all the way to f uh, three and a half. And that's where I will sit. I will sit at 3.5 out of five cool boys. Um, it's the it's the pace between acts two and three. And it's because once they shoot Pedro Pascal's character in the head, Agent Whiskey, during the firefight, the movie drags yeah. all the way to the ending. And um, it drags at least to the last action set pieces where they, uh, after Mark Strong essentially dies, after Mark Strong uh, uh, commits suicide... That's when the movie picks up for me again. Otherwise, it just it did drag throughout all that. When everybody in the world is dying from the blue rash, hashtag blue rash, you know. That was dumb too. But um way too uh, much, I, way too much of the social media uh look people have the blue rash stuff. It was like Yeah, Snapchatting themselves. You established that. Uh all right. The threat of everyone dying is established well enough. What's not established well enough, nor works, is the president being bad and not caring. That was dumb. Uh, I loved that. Really? I loved... I was laughing. I, that was my other LOL. Was anytime Bruce Greenwood was like, Oh my God, I did it! Like, I, 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 I fought the war on drugs and I won... And I'm going to say that all, like on camera that I'm all like, please don't do it. But then in the background, I'm just going to like let all the junkies die. Like, I thought that was fucking was hilarious. he supposed to be Bush. They didn't make him Trump. I mean, I, I didn't know. No, no, no. I think he's supposed to be whoever was, you know, brought in a year later after, you know, the, the last sitting president's head exploded. Yeah, I, th I feel like they were trying to do kind of a Bush because maybe it was just blowback from the. I, I didn't realize this either, that like a lot of people really had a problem with the fact that Obama was bad in the in the uh, first movie. And that, it, you know, it's not Obama, though, right? Like, it's just a black president of the United the back States of, of the head who has a head very similar to Obama's. So. Right. With huge ears. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, yeah. Yes. Just like, uh, look, he looked a lot like Obama. No question. But the I don't movie think he seems to play for comic relief. His head exploding. Yeah. And there, there is a Royal family of Sweden and that does exist like there, uh, but like, I just kind of thought these were like all caricatures. And I do think 
that he probably stayed away from that because this time get your shit together, it, Sweden. Come on. <laughs> the the prime minister was a, was fucking hilarious in the first film. Yeah, I love that guy. He's such a bad guy, so, but he's so great. <laughs> he's so good. He's so fucking. I love his great shit eating smile. Um, he blows um, up too. But yeah, let's get into the villains then of this film of the Golden Circle. Um, one of the villains, by the way is from the first film that's charlie he's back he's got a great new look he's practically a thinner british chris evans and he has a great bond villain accessory he's a perfect sidekick accessory he's got the arm he's got that metal arm what's the name of the bad guy uh from deadpool uh, the actor ed ed screen he, he I, I assume they're just made in factories like shaved head thin british guys who are bad who are just like they just ooze villain because he, he seems like he's just an, a knockoff of that that's guy. the point though right i think that's the point with charlie in this film is he's supposed to look like that like yeah. he's supposed to have this new look because he doesn't look anything like his character from the last film no his last character is like debonair you know suave you know fucking british elite and in this film he is like, like stereotypical British bad guy. I mean, he's like ripped out of the pages of Uncharted. I mean, that's how I, I mean, I, I saw him as pretty much. Oh, the, du- the douchebag from the start of Uncharted 2? Yes, exactly. He's like, come on, Nate, I'm not doing, I'm not going to betray you in five minutes. But then he <laughs> yeah. does. Yeah, yeah, that guy, yeah. Oh, man, Uncharted. We really need, we have so much to say on Uncharted. We really should do our own episode on Uncharted. Um, and then, of course, he ends up working for Poppy. And Poppy is Julianne Moore. She knew exactly what movie she was in, and she had no lisp. I loved her. I oh, thought she was oh, great. Oh, that's what you meant. I loved the way she like live like through her rules unquestionably. She was playing Martha you know, Stewart. Right? I mean, that's basically that's basically the character is is this, uh, a, a drug dealer, Martha Stewart. Practically, except um, more vicious and vile and and cyber. You don't know Martha like, Stewart. Inclined. I guess, yeah. Uh, I don't think Martha. I don't think Martha would have like guard dogs, like robotic cyber fucking guard dogs. The technology doesn't like, exist yet. Cyborgs. Nor, nor um, did it really exist in the world of the first Kingsman. So it was very weird that there were cyborgs in this one, or or not cyborgs, just uh, robots. Um, fully yeah, robots. Yeah. I'm, I've got it on now, and like, there's nothing in this movie that implies that like that technology is there in the world. It's very weird. It's very, the, the, the jump. That's like the bond much. trope for that character, right? Kind of, I guess, really robots, not robots, but I guess robots, but I guess just like the, the technologically advanced villain, I guess, but you know, who's not technologically advanced. I, I guess, well, again, I guess not South American, but South American drug Lords, they fucking, they're driving around in like 1980s fucking uh, Toyota, uh, like Tacomas and stuff. Exactly. And this is Cambodia. Have you seen? Yeah. Well, even Cambodia. I mean. No, no, it? no. Cambodia has all kinds of 1950s retro nostalgia just hanging out. I assume that's sarcasm. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think I've seen photos of what MS-13 looks like. They don't look like Julianne Moore. No, way hotter. Um, I don't find Julianne Moore hot. Oh, I do. Like what? See, like for me, Boogie Nights, I'm like not attracted to her character at all. Firebush? But I, all I want is Roller Girl. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Heather, uh, the Heather, uh, Heather Graham is much hotter than Julianne Moore in that movie. Um, oh, watch a uh, God. What's the name of the movie she did with Amanda Seyfried? Seyfried, uh, Chloe. I think the name of it is. Yeah, Chloe. Yeah. She, she has a lesbian scene with her. Oh yeah. No, that's that's some that's some. Uh, I've seen the scene, mat- not the movie. Young amateur going at it. It's it's a good R-rated material. It, it- it's like well, it, the movie it, itself it, is very it was, forgettable. It was a couple of nipple licks, right, and then some like pantomiming of eating a pussy. Right? Yeah, it's. I mean, it, it, oh, certainly the. I, I'd like to see the footage. Oh, I'd like to see the raw footage. You know what? You know what was pretty hot though in Boogie Nights when she like looks at fucking um, Mark Wahlberg's character and she's Dirk or whatever, and she's just like, "Come inside me." You're just like, "What?" Boogie Nights is a good movie. Chloe. Boogie Nights is a fantastic. I, I don't remember movie. anything about that movie except uh, Amanda Seyfried uh, and and naked in the the scene with Julianne Moore, and that's just one of those movies like Under the Skin where it's just like, dude, just release the fucking unedited footage that we want to see. Don't release the movie. Stop pretending it's a fucking movie. I don't want to see your goddamn movie. I want to see the parts I want to see of the movie and you have 10 times as much footage as you actually put in the movie oh my Way god better. can you imagine all the shit of under the skin that is not on the screen that he recorded of uh, yeah Scarlet? exactly like oh she looks so good in that movie and she's like I, I mean Nolan probably won't appreciate this but she's a little thick in that movie I like that she's a little thick in that movie I disagree I yeah. was surprised he even put Kate Upton on his list because I because I, there's there's plenty of like mostly gay guys in fashion who like the guy from Victoria's Secret who uh, you know shit on her it was like she looks like a football is a uh, girlfriend or something <laughs> like it's like she's too fat basically <laughs> two big tits it's like uh, uh, that's because you're gay and you don't know what men actually want most men they like a little bit of thickness I watched uh, Lucy with yeah. Cor- with Corey and, yep. and and, and he said a comment that made me like just LOL laugh out loud because uh, it's when she's like waking up and like t-shirt and he's like perfect amount of belly fat. Ah, perfect. <laughs> LOL <laughs> for sure. I love it. Corey said that. Yeah. I was just like, yep, that is correct. You want a Corey, little bit. Corey, I hope you're listening to this. I hope you also, you saw Kingsman as well. I don't know if you will. I'll, 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 I'll get up and get a hold of him. But uh, yeah, no, she was, she was uh, in perfect shape for this. We're, we're a little off track here. Need more dong. Cool boys. Who's Bruce? Bruce Greenwood. Well, Bruce Greenwood was oh. uh, was the president of the United States in the film. But you know what? He also played JFK in uh, 13 Days, and he played a great JFK. What's okay, JFK? He's, he's a good Captain Pike. Uh, yes, he's a great Captain Pike, yes. He was uh, oh very my good God, on the I love, I USA love original series Nowhere Man. <laughs> Uh, yeah, what, uh, yeah, I don't, Bruce Greenwood is just, a, is, he's a great actor. I like Every Bruce time Greenwood I see him, I think he's the guy, the dad from Seventh Heaven, and I remember, oh, yeah, that guy's not going to work again. So it's got <laughs> yeah, Bruce guy. Greenwood. Yeah, guy that from, guy from Seventh uh, Heaven. Didn't he turn out to be like a pedo? Yeah, he said some things and did some things, and no, he's not getting work anymore. Do you think he touched Jessica Biel? Uh, I don't know. She, she posed nude, like, on her 18th birthday or something. I remember I got those photos. Yeah. Razor. I bought that magazine. I can't remember the magazine, but I still have it somewhere. She was trying to get fired. Uh, yeah, she she was trying to get fired because she didn't, she didn't like the show. And, uh, there was was a rash of that back in the early aughts where like all of those, like, uh, 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 starlets were trying to get fired by doing sexy stuff because it was the only way to get out of their contracts was essentially not to, uh, pose nude. But if you, if you were to go against the, I guess, you know, 
no longer tow the uh, the company line anymore. Well, they were all because it was uh, Disney related. No, it was, it was UPN and WB for TV. No, there was Disney people too involved. But I mean, I'm yeah, talking about Anne the Hathaway. rash. But Anne Hathaway did that. Je- yeah, yeah. But Jessica Biel, yeah, with Havoc. Yeah. But Jessica Biel um, was um, it was London. She was getting off and like- was um, also the Gear magazine spread. And uh, yeah, and like she she was trying to get out of that WB contract for sure. Yeah, because uh, basically they were getting like high paying jobs for stuff that would be like you're playing the sexy something, and and she'd be like the 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 TV show would be like nope can't do it we on our contract we can say what you can and can't be in so they try to get fired that's the only way to get out get out. Well, that, that, of course, leads perfectly into the next topic about uh, Kingsman, the Golden Circle. Drug plot. So th- what do you think about this drug plot? Okay. I, I That was the one thing where, like, the movie didn't make sense to me. Like, the only – it's only, like, old school Republicans and, like, a few – I mean, a few, like – it's boomers mostly who still think that marijuana and heroin – ever belong in the same conversation or sentence. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I, I thought that was very weird where they just like lumped all drugs and it's like drugs such as cocaine, marijuana, heroin, crack. And I'm like, yeah, whiskey's more dangerous than I mean, it, it was just it was very, very weird. Uh, Julia Moore makes a reference to that. Even she says you know, I can't believe like you know, it's like it's a it's a sugar conversation. Yeah. Doesn't she mentioned how sugar's like five times more likely to kill you, and also you know she's like in there at the same time there's people yeah. which is true. S- smoke, uh, the tobacco and the uh, alcohol and all that shit. Yeah. Uh, and that's the thing is that like of all the the, the last movie, the villain was trying to kill I don't know like 80 percent of the world, and, and only let you know rich people who had gotten his microchip survive. That's a bad guy. That's very obvious. And of course, they Samuel L. Jackson's character, of course, he was an environmentalist and like believed in like, you know, uh, climate change and all that stuff. So that's another thing that people knock the first one for was uh, daring to criticize that. Oh, daring to. Crit- oh, really? OK, well, yeah, I mean, I, I really do like Samuel Jackson's character, uh, his motives, um, because it's for me, it was when I first saw a Batman, the animated series episode. with Oh, Al Ghul. Poison Ivy. Oh, no, with Ra's al Ghul, when he wanted to remake the world uh, with Lazarus pits all over the world, have them ov- overflow and wipe out humanity, but allow the earth to regrow. And I remember as a kid seeing that on like 4.30 on an afternoon after school and being like, I resonate with that. Yeah. Like I was like, I'm, I'm like, that's a villain. That was the first time I think I saw a villain that wasn't like the cackling Joker. Like I had obviously seen other villains, but I mean, it was that it was that was the first time I saw a villain. I went, I get it. Like I and I remember click that clicking for me and going, I get why you're a villain and it's actually good. Yeah. He's, like, he's, you, he's you a, have he's good, a very motives. good villain in that that uh, he basically has the same uh same motivation as Batman, just a different like end result that he he sees uh, as the actions necessary to get to. Uh, yeah, and Ra- so uh, although, although he's thing. not it's not Raza Ghoul on the animated series, it's Rachel Ghoul, and that no, always right, bothered Ra- me. Right, but there's yeah, no official yeah, well, pronunciation of his character. It depends on which show you're watching or which uh, writer you're talking to. But yeah, that goes from Roz or Raish. Yeah, I think it's Roz, Ross, and Raish. And but the two common ones are Raish and Roz. 
And that's that's kind of like the real gif or jif. And they reference that on Batman Beyond, which you still got to watch someday, I hope. Oh, I will. Maybe we'll do a podcast and uh, I can, we'll do it. Terry, Terry McGinnis uh, calls him Ra's al Ghul uh, to uh, Talia when Talia, who she looks the same, even though Batman's old because she's immortal, mm-hmm. Lazarus. But and Talia's like, actually, my father's name is pronounced Ra's al Ghul, but many uneducated people make that mistake. Oh, shit. So it's really? like, I guess whoever <laughs> wrote that episode did not like that. Some people were calling him Roz, although that was well before Batman began, so. Bruce, there's somebody here no, no, you simply must meet. Now, am I pronouncing this right? Mr. Raz Al Ghul? You're not Raz Al Ghul. I watched him die. But is Raz Al Ghul immortal? Are his methods supernatural? I want to fucking kick your fucking ass. You know, shut up for a second, all right? Well, I like, I like, I like that type of uh, uh, mindset with a villain. Uh, uh, not, not just only a villain that's like, you know, you're like, oh, he believes in it, so that's why he's a great villain. But like, when it's actually like something that's like, oh, that's actually like, kind of genius and important. And I, th- I think what Valentine uh, refers to it in Kingsman Secret Service is the choline, right? Don't they call it a choline in that movie? Yes. Like, um, you know. But I mean, look, I'm I'm a libertarian. That was my problem with this movie is that uh, just do it like the of all the things villains have wanted in Bond films and even the last movie, which is world domination, destroying a huge chunk of the population. This this villain's goal was to get all drugs uh, legalized that I kind of fundamentally think probably should be legalized and. Should the war on drugs, quote unquote, should probably end. So it was kind of like, I don't, even though the, what the Kingsmen were trying to do, uh, which was to get the antidote to everybody, that was something she was like, she did all that infrastructure to deliver it. It's implied that those are her drones delivering the drugs at the end. It's like, just do it. They needed to have a scene where she like says like, and then secretly I'll kill them all anyways. And then I'll be in charge. Like that never happened. So I was like, is all no. she really trying to do is just legalize all drugs to make money. Let her. I, I really do think Bruce Greenwood's character of the president of the United States um, answers that question when he just goes like, he kind of like looks at, it, he's like, she's an idiot. I can like, I, I win, win here. Like I, I thought he was almost calling out, how stupid her villainous plot was. I thought the idea in this movie was it was a dumb plot and that's what makes it, that was the humor in it. I think it was supposed to be more humorous than it was about uh, clever or sympathetic. And, um, and I just thought that that's kind of the movie called it out as that even. Um, but I did like, about the plot that it was an original world at risk stakes type of plot. Like it wasn't how, I mean, name any other spy genre, action movie genre, uh, techno thriller genre, (laughs) you name it, right? You like where it ends with a, the whole world is at risk of being destroyed. The population is at risk of being destroyed and it's because of drugs like that was to me, I thought was like they figured a good niche, like a, a an interesting like you know corner in that market to kind of go down. But in the end, as the movie points out on its own, it it is it's idiotic. It's an idiotic villain plot. The only movie where James Bond uh, fights drug a drug lord is uh, 
the one one you haven't seen, uh, License to Kill. And like the whole plot of that movie is that the British government are like, yeah, we're not that this is America's problem and South America's problem. We don't really care. We're not going to kill this guy. Bond is goes, that a war on drugs movie? Uh, no, the, it's it's sort of the Felix Leiter works for the DEA and he, he gets uh, like mutilated by the drug lord because he's investigating them. And Bond goes on a personal revenge mission to deal with the drug lord uh, only because of revenge. And like the whole thing is that like his government is telling him, yeah, we're not wasting resources on a drug lord. If we kill him, another one will take his place. Uh, hmm. That's really not something we, we care about. It, it, I guess you touched upon this earlier, and I guess you kind of hit on it right then. I mean, that whole idea of war on drugs was a very 80s thing. I even had a hat as a kid that said, kids need hugs, not drugs. But um, and it was two bears hugging, and it was a, the coolest hat I wore in college. But um, Yeah, I think I wore one of those too, and then I went and took my Ritalin. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah but uh yeah i really i just thought it was it was it was an interesting way of handling it this time it was it was it was drug related and it was a drug dealer who was essentially killing off her own market but gonna supply the market uh, holding the world at ransom just to make more money because she wasn't legit and that was because of the war on drugs you know what i mean like it wasn't i like i guess yeah I it's not it really work. well thought out but it is totally original so I guess original's not necessarily a good thing in this situation. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it just didn't work, and I didn't. Um, I didn't like uh, what they did with the president. I didn't think that uh, worked either. And uh, this is the, all the stuff where like they're putting him in, like all the people who've been affected by the uh, she's poisoning the drugs. That's the whole idea, and and they're putting all the people who've been poisoned in the drugs in like cages in a stadium. It's like that was intense. Huh? I think people would notice that. No, they were doing. I think that the, those stadiums were supposed to be in like another part of the world because it sounded like he at one point he had other heads of state doing the same thing with him. It looks like I think I, I may be wrong, but I thought that was the Louisville skyline in the background. Um, I guess for yeah, then really for me, just like when 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 all that was going on, once once the drug plot went into effect, I did find the movie to kind of slow down. This whole you know is Pedro Pascal's Agent Whiskey bad or good for me at least? I'm not so sure that was the intention, but. At least for me, I felt like that whole sequence was just was just kind of slow. I felt like then like them realizing they have to fly to Cambodia was slow. I just it almost felt like they should never had done the sequence where they went to the snow <coughs> and done the ski lift uh, uh, sequence and then gone to Cambodia. Those all should have been tied into one locale. Yeah, I did like, though, seeing the Italian Alps and seeing that ski lift sequence. That was a fun sequence. It reminded me a lot of On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Thought so, yeah, yeah. Didn't it look like the exact same hotel from that yeah, movie? It did. Um, that that was very uh, reminiscent of that. Uh, I, I didn't like the it was the sequence. exact hotel when they were uh, stuck in the ski lift. Like all that was like spy movies are about you know you're the spy is in a tough situation, shit's going bad, and they use their spy skills to survive. And in that, it was like in a, a full like three minute sequence where just kind of luck. Yeah, is what saved them. They just uh, kind of yeah. lucked out. I guess that's the that's the difference in this in this era we live in now is that with all the CGI and all this like access you're to like making the movie however you want to make the movie, 
you don't have to have those moments where they actually have to think out something logical. They can just be like, let's have this huge action sequence. But I like Matthew Vaughn's action sequences. I think for the most part, they're fairly original action sequences. And he's, he's able to get this kind of, uh, uh, interesting, like, you know, interpretation of how a scene should play out. And it's very much like in, in vain with like Guy Ritchie, you know, and, and people like that. And like Quentin Tarantino, where you just, you don't expect it. Or even Peter Jackson, where you're, you don't expect their type of action sequence. I'm really excited to see Baby Driver because I want to see Edgar Wright's action sequences because he hasn't had a chance to ever do that, and I hear that he does a great job with Baby Driver. And and it's really interesting to see these eclectic kind of art house directors and do those things. I don't know if Matthew Vaughn's really art house, but he doesn't make classic blockbusters. He very much likes to throw his own twist on a blockbuster. I guess... Um... I guess X-Men is the closest he's gotten to, like, just making a movie movie. And he's even talked recently about how he wishes he never made First Class, not because he didn't enjoy the movie. I wonder if that's kind of code for I didn't enjoy making the movie. But um, he said it was mainly because it was not his world. It was not his sandbox. It was Brian Singer's sandbox. It was Brian Singer's universe. And he wanted to work in his own universe and play in his create his own universe and then play in it. And that's what the Kingsman is for him. It's the well, first time. Kind of fucking ignores he, Brian Singer's movies. So he does, but he even calls first class Brian Singer's film. So it's kind of like weird when you're like, read that in an interview. You're like, why? Wait, but Matthew Vaughn, it's, it's barely a Brian Singer film. I and mean, you, you really almost took it and made it its own movie, its own like franchise from that point on. And it could have easily become its own franchise. I think it's better than the Singer films. I like first class a lot. I like days of future past a lot. And I like X2 a lot. Um, so I guess I like two out of, out of all, out of the two or three, I really like, um, I like the two, two are yeah, the latter singers. two Wolverines too. Um, uh, yeah, I, I guess Logan, I like a lot in the Wolverine. Just I like rewatch a lot. Logan. It's uh, it holds up except it's, it also has pacing issues. It does. Um, and the Wolverine, I feel like the only version of that I like is the R rated one because it's the only one that doesn't skimp on the ninja sequence in the town at the end. Um, but, uh, but that all being said, um, uh, Kingsman in the golden circle, Dude, they actually mentioned a golden shower sequence in this movie. When where is that? He had, so when he goes to fuck Charlie's girlfriend yeah. at the uh, at the British oh, I Scottish. Took a piss then. Oh, you did? Yeah. So Eggsy's character says he has to go take a piss, and she literally says to him, "You can just piss on me." Oh. And he goes, "Uh, maybe later." Like uh. she w- was willing to be pissed on in that scene, and I remember laughing out loud and thinking. Felk's going to love this moment. And you went and took a piss at that scene? Yeah. I came back wow. in with him on the toilet texting or calling the Swedish girl. Yeah. So that's how he got out of that room. By the way, so he's talking to his girlfriend on on FaceTime through curtains, maybe 15 feet away is this woman. Yeah. How does she not hear any of this conversation? Oh, Hollywood scenes. Yeah. So, uh... That was, I don't think that was a Jezebel article. I think it was a different one. Vox, Salon, they're all pretty much the same thing. They hate that, that whole sequence. Uh, apparently also, if you're a spy and you have to fuck a girl uh, to uh, do spy stuff, that's also rape. Um, rape through deception is a big, you know, thing. Uh. Where, you know, if you, you tell it like, oh, I... You don't know me. I'm a big Google guy, but you don't actually work at Google. Or maybe you just are a low level person at Google. That's rape because maybe she's only fucking you because of that. Uh, so it's like that was that that was. And also the fact that it was fingering in, in the Donald Trump thing about the grab him right by the pussy. They thought that that was a reference to 
Uh, oh my well, that's God. just something guys do. We grab them by the pussy. Uh, so it's like there, there was a lot of like uh, whining and oversensitivity going into this movie. So like I really wanted to like it because it's like, oh, man, it's just old fashioned, you know, Bond gets the girls and fingers the chicks and all that stuff movie. But um, it none of it really worked, including that scene. I thought that, that was uh, I, I love it when he's fingering her and like Matthew Vaughn does this really over the top fingering sequence. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I was kind of sad we didn't get to see any nudity in the movie. It's like, give us some tits. You got the R already. Yeah, especially since he ends the last movie on a biscuit shot. Yeah, this is the only Back nudity in the movie, I think. Uh, yeah, it might be the only nudity in that movie. God, I really wish Roxy got naked at some point in that movie. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, that was another. Okay. Also, they mentioned they give a shout out to NLP in the uh, first movie and really don't like that. So there was. The, Wait, uh, who's NLP? NLP is neuraling. It's not a person. Although you think you're thinking it's a person because of NPH, uh, which is Neil Patrick Harris. Uh, NLP is neurolinguistic programming. It's a big part of the the pickup artist thing was the idea that you can use uh, there's certain words that people respond to and you can figure out what a woman's trigger words are. And you can sort of it's it's like there's concepts like anchoring and all kinds of ways to uh, basically seduce uh, women with uh, you could call it trickery, but it's more um, it's it's like the mentality is that like you hacked the the part of the brain that decides whether or not you're attracted to somebody and and that's what uh, neurolinguistic programming is it's about using linguistics to do that that gets a shout out that they have NLP training uh that's during the training part where they have to seduce the same woman uh and, and of course then they they cut that short in the first one and they get drugged and, and it's like their final test uh people didn't didn't like that that was uh given a shout out that like that's a something that works it, it kind of did it kind of did that's why that's why it got famous <laughs> uh <laughs> and, and b that that's something that's acceptable for anyone to ever use which it is it's just you're talking <laughs> you're just using words yeah you're just and you're you're just trying to get what you want to get which is fucking pussy yeah so uh just just that there was any kind of callback to the whole seducing women is part of being a spy being a spy is cool therefore using seducing women with maybe oh, saying lies so you missed some of the conversation with his girlfriend when she literally says why do you have to have sex and he's like oh i, I trust me if i didn't have to I wouldn't, no i saw that part. i have to okay you saw that part all right yeah I came okay. in with the beginning of that conversation and i was like that was dumb like what like, calling his fucking girlfriend eh like you know you knew what you were signing up for it's like that's why they don't have bond get married and she's a swedish princess come on right she must also realize the stakes involved for secret agents uh, i thought making that that relationship was a drain on the movie and it was only in there to respond to the people who thought that the end of the first one was unacceptable see i think if you pull out that relationship right you have his relationship with roxy maybe feel like it's something more is established in between films and then you kill off Roxy and then you have him just be rogue the rest of the movie without a girl. Like that would have been fine. And then just, then just make the girl, the Julianne Moore, you know, just have that be the girl. I'm, I, I'm okay I guess with they were trying to, cause she, she's, she apparently smokes some pot at one point and then she has the blue veins giving him personal stakes. 
Yeah, they did a good job of that in this movie as well as they did in the Secret Service. They do establish kind of these personal stakes With his mom throughout the world. The yeah. But yeah, but even they do establish like Brazil early on in the Secret Service so that yeah. you come back to it later. They do establish like, you know, the baseball game. Yeah. Um, and then in this movie it was, yeah, it was like, you know, your his friends in England, his Swedish girlfriend, Swedish prince princess girlfriend. Um, and then, uh, there, there was a couple others I could, could have sworn we were, uh, connected with for this one. Other random people that were like turning. Oh, it was, um, that's right. It was Channing Tatum. He was the other, um, aspect of the world at risk. Um, okay. Well, so, I mean, kind of just getting down to it at this point. Um, I, I, I just, I kind of was looking at this movie and thinking to myself, like, like, I don't, I, I don't know where Bond goes after its last Daniel Craig film, because I don't think Bond can go campy and cause Kingsman's doing it and, or, or has done it now twice. And it's just, it's great when Kingsman does it. It's great when it's tongue in cheek, but I don't know if Bond could be tongue in cheek in this climate. And no, then no, on no, top of that, I don't do know. Now, not without recasting Daniel Craig does not work. Well, they're definitely recasting after this next film, right? This is the last Daniel Craig film that's coming out. Yeah. Right. So that the one that's about to come out, which is what what's Bond twenty five. It's weird right? to think that Matthew Vaughn made Daniel Craig Bond, and now he's deconstructing Bond and like in like shitting on them. I mean, there's a line in Kingsman like, "What do you think about them spy movies with uh, Samuel L. Jackson and Colin Firth?" It's like, "Oh, I think they're too serious now." It's like you yeah. did you did that, Matthew Vaughn. Yeah, you uh, you 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 directed his resume yeah. for Layer Cake. Layer Cake was literally his, Daniel Craig's resume. Yeah, that's his audition for that movie. Basically, he is he is playing. I mean, there's almost no difference in the way he plays that character between how he I, plays. I, Bond. I felt like Henry Cavill was auditioning for Bond in The Man from Uncle. Sort of. I, I guess. Think, I think he kind of shot himself in the foot while doing that role. Yeah, it's too similar. It's too similar because yeah. Yeah. like Daniel layer cake was uh, him yeah, just yeah. being a pill popper yeah. dealer, right? Yeah, he's a drug dealer. He's a cocaine yeah. dealer. Was it cocaine or was it pills? It's it what's it's some kind of powdered drug because they they show them you know splitting it and and, and mixing it in, uh, in the opening. Oh god, I love layer cake. I love the sequence where uh, Duran Duran's ordinary world plays when um, Daniel Craig and his uh, friend. Uh, go to visit the dude in the cafe and then they uh, this friend who ended up going to jail because of this guy they visit in the cafe ends up beating the fuck out of this guy in the cafe and Daniel Craig just stands behind him like what are you doing and he pours hot tea all over him oh dude that was that, that and, the, and, the, and the ordinary world goes in and out of like audible focus like like the high ends there but there's no low end and then it switches when like he get like the the guy gets kicked in the head switches to like all of a sudden there being like no high end on the audio and all yep. low end and then just the way it pounds back and forth between the hits and the edits, it's really fucking captivating. Um, I, Layer Cake's an, an incredible first film. I can't believe Matthew Vaughn pulled that off as his first film. It's clearly him working with Guy Ritchie for Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels and Snatch. And, you know, uh, I, I think that may have been it. There may have been one more after that. But nonetheless... I think it was working with Guy Ritchie that really taught Matthew Vaughn a lot, and and then he just went and soared all on his own. Um, but yeah, I don't know where Bond can go after Daniel Craig, with with the Kingsman being out there, especially since there's. I mean, come on, there's going to be a Kingsman three, unless this one tanks. Unless this one, I think it did really well. It it made uh, ninety seven million 
uh, it's uh, opening weekend worldwide, and it thirty nine million um, domestic. That's United pretty States. good, I guess. Yeah, yeah, for a film that's like R. Yeah, not bad. Um, I thought the action was great. Um, I thought and I thought the acting was great, and um, I, I I thought it was it was a, a fun movie. I don't know if it's worth rushing out to see in theaters. I'd say definitely worth renting. Um, I don't know if it's it's buy worthy. I'll probably buy it, but I don't know if it's buy worthy. Bisexual. Three point five cool boys. There was too much of the hamburger uh, grinding people up in the meat. Was that was? Uh, yeah, I don't know. For me, I don't. I just. I don't really want to see long pig. You know what I mean? Like, well, okay, that- and that's um um. It was red like beef. Uh, no, it would be pink like pork. I think we yeah, all know that's that. why it's called. That's why human being is called long pig. Yep, because they taste pretty similar. Uh, yeah. So if you go to parts of the eat. world where they eat humans, they do refer to humans as long pig or long hog, and um, that's just because we are long. <laughs> compared to a pig and our skin is roughly the same texture and our meats is roughly the same texture as pig. I have never eaten human, but I have eaten pig. Pig is delicious. Pig is really delicious. I imagine human is not delicious. Um, all I don't the know. Shit that we dipshit eat. from CNN fucking ate it and then he got fired. Yeah. Uh, there was this other guy that talked about it too, but he won't talk about it as if he ate it, but he ha- he's really knowledgeable on it it's that bald guy on like the food network show and he travels the world eating random shit i'll have to look up his name uh i thought anthony bourdain is implied that he's eating human yeah andrew zimmerman he referred to it as long pig on like conan or some shit and um that's how i found out that human beings called long pig and he goes and he said he said he's i think he said he's been offered it cool boy nation don't eat people yeah don't eat people unless you're okay, eating that- pussy yeah <laughs> or or I guess dick. Or us. Um, but yeah, uh, cannibalism isn't right, Cool Boy Nation. And those are definitely not CBAs right there. Cool Boy Antics. Fabulous Cool Boy Antics, such as cannibalism. Um, so anything else that you kind of saw from the, the movie that you uh, w- want to mention or talk about, I guess, at all? Uh, no. I think let's get into final tidbits. We, we just did. Colin Firth gets the anal fuck Elton John. Did we decide we that? that? What? Yep, we talked about that. Yep. Yeah, well, I, I, think, I think he has the option. Better than yep, Bond ta- now? No. Uh, we talked about that too. Yeah. Kingsman 3? Did we talk about whether or not there's going to be a Kingsman 3? There will be. We, di- we did. We talked about it twice. We said we should. We think there will be. And we also we said maybe China. We didn't do a quick cool boy ranking of all films and franchise. Oh, yeah. That really doesn't belong in this one, does it? <laughs> I would rank... We- Kingsman, the Secret Service as the better film and this one not as good. I would have to rank Kingsman, the Secret Service as the better film and Golden Circle as also not as good. But you know what? I get giddy whenever I see the Marv logo at the beginning of a movie because I know I am getting a Matthew Vaughn movie. Yeah, that logo sucks. A colorblind test as your logo. So basically, let's just make a logo that only 90% of people can even see. <laughs> I, I like it. I, Matthew Vaughn is very, very Do you, re- do you realize that 10% of people, by statistics, can't see that logo? <laughs> yes, my, my older brother is one of those people that cannot see that logo. Well, that's dumb. <laughs> And my and, and cool boy nation Steve might not be able to see that logo as well. He just sees a, a patch of like circles. Yeah, that's fucking stupid. 
Marv. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, Matthew Vaughn can't see the fucking logo. He's colorblind. He's partially colorblind. Oh, that's awesome. He made a logo he can't even see. Yeah. Okay. That's that's the joke. Because you know uh, uh, Nicholas Winding Rifing is also uh, partially colorblind. No. Wow. He does great color correction, or he has a great colorist. Well, no. He. That's why his movies are all fucking like neon colors, because that's the ones he can see. I love that. Oh, awesome. So he doesn't bother with like green <laughs> or red. He has to deal with like purple and fucking like like blue neon blue. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of purples and pinks and blues in his films. Yeah. Lots of reds in his films, too. Well, purple red. But, like, straight red looks the same as green. Bronson has got straight red in it. And uh, Only God Forgives has some straight red sequences, too. Like, straight red. Yeah. But it's like, like a bathed neon. Yeah, red. But it's like a specific neon red. It's like there was a certain red you can't see, I think, if, if you're colorblind. But that, that's that's why he doesn't. And maybe that's why that he Matthew picked that one. Until now. I didn't know that either. But maybe that's why um, Nicholas Winding Refn has picked that because he also does straight red in uh, Valhalla Rising. He does straight red. Oh, dude, so that that's interesting as fuck. Maybe he's picking that color red in Bronson Valhalla Rising and in Only God Forgives because he can't see it, and he just knows that that. It must like maybe it looks cool to him, but the, the rest of us it looks because if you see Valhalla Rising, the main character constantly sees the future, but he only sees it in red, like fucking red, red. Uh, I, I I have to be at least some something because I, I'm looking at colorblindness tests and like yeah, I can only see like half of them. Oh, see, I'm not colorblind. I'm I can see all the colors. Fucking bullshit. I, I'm I'm like Pocahontas, big guy. And you. Of the wind. I'm gonna fucking kick your fucking ass. You know, shut up for a second, all right? What a great movie. 3.5 boys. Two boys. <laughs> Kingsman, the Golden Circle. Go see it. Yeah, not as good as the last one. Definitely not a. Uh, Men in Black 2 was the. The, the level of that, although that movie's such a like a redo of the first one, this one was unique and different, but not really. None of the new stuff was good. Um, I, I kind of want to see a Kingsman three, but at the same time, I don't want Matthew Vaughn to do any more sequels. I like that guy to stay original and just keep doing original shit. Yeah, but that's just me. I never saw Kick Ass two. He produced it, and I hear it's not good. No, and he even feels horrible about um, starting that quote-unquote sandbox that quote-unquote universe that quote-unquote quote-unquote um he even felt like that was a mistake to let jeff uh wadlow do that movie because he forced somebody to have to do his style and he thinks that's what hindered the film on top of the fact it wasn't a good movie so yeah i think matthew vaughn feels like he owes Jeff Wadlow for that, and then I think he also feels like he owes 20th Century Fox because Fantastic Four was a total shit storm, and he wants to like redo Fantastic Four. I just let it go. Fantastic Four is the you can't you can't make a good Fantastic Four movie. Yeah, get out while you're good. Get out now. Give it back to Marvel. Let Marvel use the them as background characters in their MCU. Yeah, 
Exactly. All right. Well, I think that brings us to a close. I'll go ahead and read. New episodes of the Cool Boys Podcast come out every Tuesday. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Cool Boys Podcast and on Facebook as the Cool Boys Podcast. Uh, you can email us at thecoolboyspodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to like and subscribe to us on YouTube. You can find us on YouTube by searching for The Cool Boys Podcast. You can rate and review us on iTunes as The Cool Boys Podcast. And if you'd like, you can donate to us on Patreon and receive additional episodes of Cool Boys After Dark. And a Cool Boys shout-out on our normal episodes that air every Monday. You can find the Cool Boys Patreon at patreon.com slash coolboyspodcast. Ooh, very cool. And yeah, of course, you know, there's always that money. So give us that money so we can hit that goal. Because that goal means another goal. Yeah. And it means more money. Feed me. Feed me Seymour. All right. Thank you for listening. Stay cool, cool boy nation. Stay gay. Until next time, it's Bizies from Felk. It's Bizies from Ballard. Bringing it back. You are standing American boy. You have excelled in all things. I pump while I dump. Oh, yeah. So cool. Oh, yeah. So cool. Oh, yeah. So cool. Without any This episode of the Cool Boys Podcast was brought to you by... Did we establish who won the wine bottle challenge? Which is something you you, you, you say every time you win a wine bottle challenge. Oh, really? About 20 minutes after it's been well established that you won it. <laughs> is it really? I've only edited four episodes of the Cool Boys Podcast. You've done the wine bottle challenge on, on half of them. Really? It does not make it easy to edit the last 30 minutes of that episode. I'm gonna fucking kick your fucking ass. You know, shut up for a second, all right? Get some cool Cool boys. (laughs) (laughs) So serious.